football. World Cup. Hello and welcome back to the Box to Box podcast. Uh, my name is Ramzan and I'm joined today by Nicholas. Nicholas, say hi. Hello, people. And Mark. What's good, people? Yes, no Sobani today for the um, basically the first episode of the World Cup edition of the Box to Box. Uh, but that's no worries. I'm sure he's going to be back either next week or um, in the coming episodes. It's going to be a ton of stuff that we're going to do. Um, and yes, by now you should have seen on your Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you listen to this um, that we have changed the poster to match the theme of the new World Cup. So thank you, Nicholas, for designing that poster. Um, and yeah, so tournament football is fun for all of us, uh, but especially over here by this podcast. Um, I don't know how many people have like listened to this for, um, or have listened to this and for how long they've been listening to this. Um, but in the last year or so that we've been doing this, we've had two tournaments. We did AFCON and we did uh, Euro 2020 as well. And uh, to date, I think those remain my favorite episodes. Um, and, you know, for good reason, right? Lots of action, um, intense football, football every single day, uh, which gives us plenty of content to talk about. And this is going to be no different. Um, the World Cup runs from Sunday, if you're listening to this on Sunday, all the way up to the 18th of December, I believe. Um, and yes, we're going to have group stages. Uh, round of 16 quarterfinals semifinals and then your um final games uh it's going to be a very interesting time something like four games every single day from like 12 noon to like 9 p.m so yeah you know if you're going to be like us who now we're going to be on holiday so we're going to be like on tv basically every single day um (laughs) you're not on holiday mark no i'm not i will i'll be watching the games and lectures mom and dad if you're listening it's a joke don't worry (laughs) yeah but um very exciting stuff and uh, we've already done somewhat of a preview episode but this is going to be um a pre preview this is going to be this is going to be an an overview if you will of what the entire world cup or what we think the entire world cup is going to look like um we're going to start with the players that we think are going to be most influential and you know of course and why they're influential and then we're going to look at some of the uh top awards um some award predictions that we'd give you know at this point as we do with most tournaments i think even with premier league and stuff we always do this so um without speaking for any longer i know i've had a bit of a monologue i'm going to pass it on to mark who's going to um introduce the three-headed goat topic and i just say um i don't know about you guys but i'm so happy you're gonna get a break from holland he's been dominating the headlines (laughs) week after week after week i'm tired of the guy we can forget about uh. it for a month and, and do something new. All right. Yeah, so as Ramazan said, I'm gonna be speak or we're gonna be speaking about the three-headed goats. And uh, basically, we're looking at Neymar, Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Whose time is it to win the World Cup? And I want to hear what the boys think. Firstly, though, I think all of I think all these three players have different amounts of pressure put on them to represent their country and to, and to win the World Cup. But I wanted to kind of ask you guys, 
who do you think has the most pressure and why nick out of them out of them three neymar messi and ronaldo who who has the most pressure you know that is like such a good question to like introduce it you know at this at this stage particularly at this world cup but then surely it has to be it has to be neymar to a certain extent you know i think maybe for messi the fact that he won the copa america really did dilute the need for an international trophy ronaldo on the other hand like he won his international trophy year 2016 so it's more like those two have like an equal expectation that, okay like we want to settle the the goat debate by seeing who can win it but then neymar is the person for me who hasn't fulfilled his potential he never won the ballon d'or 27 28 he never ended up winning the world cup possibly in 2018 where people thought that okay this is prime neymar and the brazil team was good at the time but then even at that, it doesn't really feel like Neymar is under that much pressure. So it's crazy. But then I really do think that the underlying, you know, the underlying feeling is that Neymar is probably the person under the most pressure. And it will only show, depending on Brazil's performances, everybody expects them to win, right? So that means that if they, if they fail, then you already know who everybody, the media, is going to blame. Uh, uh, Nick, it's interesting that you... You said Messi, he won the Copa America, and so he kind of put that all to bed. I think, right, in terms of the international world and for, like, just normal football fans, I think Messi kind of settled that international debate. But on the streets of Argentina, I think Maradona still has the streets because he was able to win the World Cup in 86, because he carried Argentina to the World Cup in 86. I think Messi, in a sense, he doesn't have to prove anything to the world but almost he has everything to prove to Argentina if he wants to take that top spot of, you know, king, king of the streets. They call Maradona a god, a god in Argentina because, because of the 86 cup run. And Messi, although he's Messi, he's done it all at club level. But that's the thing. He's done it all at club level. To a certain extent, I, know, I think the streets of Argentina feel like he's a Catalonian and not really Argentinian. And maybe winning the World Cup would cement it. That's why, for me, I feel like it's almost like Messi has even more pressure than Neymar to deliver. I don't know, Ramzan, what do you think? Yeah, I, do, I just don't know if pressure is the right word. Because, because it's, it's really going to come down to who goes the furthest, isn't it? And, 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 that's, and then, okay, then that's about expectation. If it's about expectation, I don't expect Portugal to go as far as Brazil or Argentina. Um... You know, so so given that, then Ronaldo is out of the question, right? But the problem is Ronaldo's really talked himself up. So I I'd like I I want to put pressure on him because I think he's been really um he's been really um talkative, I would say, <laughs> over, over the last week or so. Yeah. But I can't really say it's him because he's I don't I don't even think he thinks Portugal is gonna win the World Cup, right? No. So if it comes down to the two, sorry, sorry, Nick, let like, you know. You just, just just before you jump in, if it comes down to the two between Neymar and and Messi, I think that if Neymar wins, he's still not the greatest Brazilian to play to play football, right? It's still yeah. probably like Pele or Ronaldo or something. But if if Messi wins, then he probably is the greatest Argentinian and maybe the greatest ever player to play football. But I don't know if I don't know if he feels that pressure. I think he he's felt that pressure before, but with what Nick has said about about him winning Copa America and just I think Argentina also just changing their entire strategy and making making the whole team 
him um you know an important element in winning instead of just focusing the whole game on Messi I think that that's really benefited them as a team so in terms of pressure I don't know I don't know if pressure is the, is the is the is the best word look but you know I was I was trying to say well pressure shouldn't be the right word I don't know what Mark's two piece was about like he's supposed to be a mediator rather than an instigator and all this but I'll allow it but then, <laughs> but then but then the whole point is that what does Mark know about the streets of Argentina anyway? Because as far as like uh, I can see from the vibe from the Copa America, that country is behind Messi more than ever, really. Because you almost feel like all they wanted was really just any trophy for the national team for him. So that's why like there's a difference between pressure and support, like you know, willing on the team. So you can actually feel that this is a World Cup where Argentina are, are going into it with such good spirits. Everyone is so happy. And then by the time you actually, like, not reach the summit, then I don't really think it's going to be that, um, you know, like a whole backlash situation where everybody thinks that, ah, you know, he's not really done it. I really feel like that Copa America did wonders for his confidence and wonders for, like, basically the whole morale of the nation. So I I don't know about that. So that's what I'm just saying. Brazil, Brazil, on the other hand, they've hyped themselves up. Everybody thinks they're going to win. Brazil is the most successful, the most successful nation in in um in World Cup history, right? So that means there's always pressure with them, and just by the fact that Neymar was hounded after the 2018 World Cup, man, I just feel like it's just gonna like it'll show if Brazil have cracks. Either that or they'll out the manager, Chiche. Yeah, I I do agree with you. However, um, I think pressure doesn't always have to come from your surroundings. I think pressure can be an internal thing. You can you can give yourself pressure, and that's why I mean. When I when I talk about the Messi and Maradona comparison, and I'm I'm saying that I don't think anyone's gonna be like, oh, Messi never did it, or oh, whatnot, whatnot. But I do think that Messi, in in his heart and in his head, he's like he knows that Argentina they revere Maradona. Um, oh yeah, by the way, rest in peace to Maradona. But yeah, uh, they they revere Maradona and they they consider him the footballing a footballing giant, a footballing god, like as I already said, and so him. I think he would obviously want to be that number one. He wants to take that number one spot. And if he wins the World Cup, he could do that. If he doesn't win the World Cup, I I don't think he, he would ever take that number one spot in the hearts of Argentinians. But on that, I think you are right in terms of hype. I think for Brazil, the whole world is kind of expecting them to, to perform. I think Brazilians, we always think that Brazil have a chance to win the World they Cup. They never do. Although the la- yeah the last time they won the World Cup was twenty years ago, actually I think it was yeah twenty I'm twenty years old so I've actually never seen Brazil win a World Cup but there's always that expectation that they will win the World Cup. For Messi, I think it is mostly Argentinian fans and Messi fans that are kind of like had that expectation and that hope that he will win. Whereas for Ronaldo, I feel like it's just himself. I feel like it's. Is like Ramzan said, it's just him by, um, bigging himself up, and I think now is a perfect time to talk about it. Um, his his obviously his interview with Piers Morgan and everything that's happened surrounding that. I don't know what what the future holds for Ronaldo in terms of club football, but I I, I am pretty certain that his time at United is done. I don't know if he'll get a chance to go to another big club after what's happened now. So this might be, this World Cup might be his, you know, last chance to say, oh, I still got it or I'm still the GOAT. And, you know, this might be the, 
the way he says goodbye to football. He did say in the Piers Morgan interview, interestingly, that if he was to win the World Cup, he'd retire. So maybe maybe that's how he wants to go out with a bang. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I liked um, both your guys' points. And, uh, um, no, okay, just on, just on the Ronaldo thing, right? Yeah. I, 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 I still don't get why he did that. Because, uh, again, on, um, just on adding pressure to yourself, he really did mount a lot of pressure on himself. Uh, whatever he says about United, the thing that he can guarantee at Man U is, one, he's a club legend. Um, if he is in a decent run of form, he will definitely get games. Um, but, but obviously, um, you know, the, the, for, the form and the games just, just haven't come. And he did this just before World Cup. Now United does, it looks like United is not interested in having him any longer, right? No, the question yeah. is, The question is, if he doesn't play well at the World Cup, who's going to want to have Ronaldo in their team? Like, pretty much no one, right? He, he has given himself a huge responsibility to basically be top goal scorer at the World Cup, to, to, give, yourself, to give himself a chance to play for another elite team um, come January, February, or, um, and, and so on. Because if I'm Bayern Munich, for example, or Atletico Madrid, or whoever would take him at this point, why would I get Ronaldo today knowing what he has done to United? knowing that um, there are rumors that he didn't leave Juventus and Real Madrid well, um, and then a player who's already 37 and, and, and you know, looks to be um, a bit delusional at this point. Why would I want to involve myself in any of those things? Um, so, yeah, I do think that Ronaldo, you know, in, in the sense of pressure, um, and pressure internally, has put a lot of internal pressure on himself. Um, and I don't know, not that I don't know, but I don't think... He he's going to live up to it. <laughs> Fair enough. So is that you then advocating for Ronaldo having the most the most pressure? Because I guess with Neymar and Messi, we're just talk we're talking about legacy and the legacy they're gonna leave um leave behind. While Ronaldo now we're talking about his future. Like if he doesn't perform here, it does not look good for him. He might he, you know if you if you're being realistic, you'll probably end up at uh, not one of the big five leagues probably Portugal or the MLS or something funny like that. So is that you saying Ronaldo has the most pressure then? Yeah, I think he does have the most pressure. Ronaldo has, okay, there are legacy things involved as well, but, you know, uh, highest scoring international footballer, for example, no one's going to touch that really, or at least not for a while. Um, I don't know. I, I almost feel like maybe the issue is Ronaldo is obsessed with legacy and maybe that's what has... I don't know. I don't even want to use the word distorted. You see, the thing is, it's really hard to say anything bad about Ronaldo because he can really come next week and score a hat trick, and then, and then <laughs> yeah. I have to come here and chew my words. Um, but uh, yeah, I do think I do think that he's under the most like like internal pressure. Um, and yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So then, who you guys say then has? the best chances of actually winning it or going the furthest out of the three. Um, Nick? Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a very big fan of Portugal. I mean, Fernando Santos, you know, like, we already have a hostage situation at Atletico de Madrid. Wow. For, uh, Jao, for, Jao, for Jao Felix. <laughs> and there's another, <laughs> there's another hostage situation at the Portugal national team because... You know, like, Jao Felix is a player which you should be 
playing up front. You know, Ramzan could probably like agree or something, but then he should be playing up front. And Fernando's, you know, still in the team. And uh, with how negative the team can actually be um, on given situations, I see Portugal facing Germany, losing to Germany, Spain. I see them facing Spain and losing, quite honestly. I think they could actually have a very good chance to reach the final when everything necessarily goes away, but I still think they'll lose the final if they reach it. So um, uh, with that being said, it's very likely that Argentina and Brazil will face each other if they go far into the World Cup. If the projected first place finishes in their both groups, if they both happen respectively, they will meet in the semifinal of the World Cup based on uh, how they've structured the, the round of 16. And I think, personally, Brazil's, you know, if, the, if any team is going to beat Brazil, then it's going to be Argentina. And I think people do know that because you just think that Brazil's probably going to beat everyone. But there's one team that actually knows that they can beat Brazil just because of the derby-like nature of the World Cup. It's Argentina. And them going, you know, into this tournament with a 36-game and beaten run, it'll be very, very, very contradictory for me not to say that Argentina will win it because that's basically how I predicted Correctly so, year 2020. Do you guys remember that? And then Italy would win. And I, and I called it. And you guys laughed at me at the beginning. But then, you know, it just turned out to be true. So that's why, for me, I'm very consistent in saying that Argentina will go farthest. Leo Messi will cement his place as the GOAT of football. All right. <laughs> Ramzan. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Brazil is going to win. And there's really just one reason, right? And that's Vinicius Jr. over there by the left wing. No one, no one wants to play against Vinicius Jr. No one. I, I actually low-key think he's going to be player of the tournament. I think he's already blown, like, no, not blown out. What? What's that word? What's that word? Um, he's, only, he's already broken through. Yes, that's the word. He's already broken through, but... I just think I just think he's gonna like light it on fire. Um, I I don't I don't think that I think that the weaknesses that they may have maybe are structural at best. I don't see any other weaknesses in the Brazil team. But then you know Ramzan, just just real quick, like I don't know whether people have noticed, but Brazil's defense, like it's not actually that great, like. <laughs> I'm only saying this. I'm only saying this because Marquinhos, you know, he's a great Marquinhos defender. Marquinhos is also like 10 years of experience, right? Yeah, but then he's never won the Champions League. Why is that? Because he's been part of the bottle job. And I'm just thinking that Thiago Silva obviously isn't helped when the rest of the defense isn't doing well. They'll still be playing Danny Alves at right back. Are you mad? And then you're thinking about the left back. Who is the left back? For Brazil, nobody really knows, do they? Yeah, it's, so, it's, you know, it's, just, it's Sandro or or at left back, at, at left back, and um, so at right want, back, so it's not always it's not always Daniel Alves. It could it could actually be Militao, and then the um they kind of do a three centre back thing and 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 just pile on the attackers. What I'm saying is is that you know that's the only thing which people don't really want to focus on to a certain extent. But then definitely from midfield going up, they're definitely you know that side. Nick, you know what? That's that's the that's what I love about Brazil. They're like, you know, you know, fair enough. You score a few against us, but we're just gonna score more. We just that's what Ramzan's talking about. You have Vinicius, you have Neymar, you have Rodrigo, you have Richarlison, Rafinha, Anthony, Martinelli. Absolutely. I mean, 
I think the I think the Richarlison also is gonna win Golden Boot low key. We'll come to that just... later. That is a mad statement. We'll come to that later. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, okay. And and, and lastly, on the three headed um, goat debate, who do you guys think will have the biggest impact for their t- or who do you guys think will have the bigger impact for their team out of out of the three um, between Neymar, Messi, and Ronaldo? This time, I'll start with um, you, Ramzan. Yeah, I think I think that Messi is gonna have a huge impact. I I think Messi has a huge impact even at at PSG uh, last season. I thought that I thought that he wouldn't. I thought I thought that the game was just moving towards Mbappe and Neymar so much, but but Messi is just infectious, bro. Um, I think I think that he's gonna he's really gonna turn up this World Cup. I think that they're all gonna I think that they're all gonna be great. I even th- you know okay, especially Messi and and Neymar, but. I think that Messi's impact is going to be shown way more. I think that Neymar's might be diluted a bit because of how many other attacking options that they have. Um, but that's not to say that he's not going to be um, central. He will. So, yeah. But I think Messi's probably the best. Nick? Well, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, no. Well, um... Yeah, I think I think people I think people will probably be getting mad at me, particularly Ronaldo FC. But um but yeah, like you saw you saw how they won the Copa America last year. Like he didn't need to, but then he completely took that tournament by the scuff of the neck, top scorer, top assister, best player. Like I mean he went up the podium for three trophies. So <laughs> there's no other person which can probably do that. Neymar Neymar probably has you know a really good chance to do that, but then he failed to do it against Lionel Messi, 34-year-old Lionel Messi at the time, at the Copa America last year. Ronaldo, on the other hand, doesn't really necessarily have the capacity to be as influential to that extent, but of course he will be. So yeah, definitely agree, Messi. Nick, you see, uh, see, the problem is still that what if Ronaldo scores a hat-trick next week? That's the problem. Right. I told you guys, we should record next week. We should see how they play first. <laughs> the, problem, the, pro- the, pro- the problem with scoring a hat-trick is you can score a hat-trick, but then you can still lose 4-3 at the end of the day. You can score a hat-trick of Tappins. You can score a hat-trick of Tappins. You can score a hat-trick of penalties. If, Mor- if Morata scores a hat-trick, is he the most influential player in the team? I'm not very sure. No, I but I'm, by, pretty sure, I'm pretty by, sure if you by, score a hat trick, by nature, by nature, team the game. By nature, if you're playing as a number ten, I think you'll be the most influential player for your team. If you're the striker, you can't be influential, of course. But there's the there's the person that keeps things ticking. Erling Haaland is not the most influential player at Manchester City, even with all that he's done. It's definitely still Kevin De Bruyne. So I'm just thinking, you know, by nature, you know, it's definitely going to have to be Messi or Neymar. Okay, and Erling Haaland might not be the most influential player in the team, but I think when it comes to the big moments, the decisive moments, he might have the biggest impact regardless. And he might be the difference between winning and losing a title. And I think mm-hmm. in this case, it's the same thing with um, with Messi and Neymar. Messi does not have a great World Cup record. How many goals did he have? What, five, six? It's not that convincing. I feel if it came down to it and Brazil needed a special, like a special moment, I know for a f- I feel like Neymar would step up and he has stepped up before and I think he could produce and he could deliver. Whether they win or not, I don't know, but he would be able to get that goal. As for Messi, 
I'm I'm not I'm not too sure if he would well, be able to step up. No, in the World Cup, no, because you guys are talking about Copa America, talking about no, 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 he's, no, no. he's then, had five the... World Cups and he's never done it. He's never produced on the big stage. He had a chance in 2014 and he didn't. He was but this is different you know, and everyone knows and everyone knows this is different. Everyone knows that Argentina is just is just different. It looks different these days. They also I, I, I've spoken about uh, Brazil having so many attacking options. Argentina also has a ton of attacking options as well. Um, all of those things put less pressure on Messi, and the less pressure there is on Messi, the more dangerous that he can be. Um, I just think it's true for all of the players except Ronaldo because Ronaldo is just so uh, he's so like uh, I don't know, bruh. I've watched enough United games. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit upset, but yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't agree with you, Mark. Not at all. Look, Mark, Mark, if, if, if it happens this, you know, if they're winning this tournament, then obviously Messi will have to deliver. You know, it'll, it'll be the last chance. And at the end of the day, the other two guys we're talking about, they haven't delivered at the World Cup either. Like, at the end of the day. When I mean, no, as in, like, of course, of course, Ronaldo scores the hat-trick against Spain in the first game. But at the end of the day, couldn't score against Uruguay to get them out of, um, you know, into the quarterfinals. So it's like... You just have to wait and see. We'll see how to, we'll see how it goes. Now that's 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 fair enough. We will see how it goes. Um, but um, yeah, that's the end of that segment. Now moving on, like Ramzan said at the very beginning, uh, we want to talk about predictions. Like Nick here, he seems like he's very confident in his predictions and he knows what's gonna happen. I I highly doubt it. I think he'll get most of these wrongs. Only if you only time would tell. But yeah, let's start first of all with uh, the champions. Who do we think is going to win the World Cup? Nick? Well, yeah, I said it before. Arsenal will win it. I already gave my reasons before. It's off to Ramzan to give... Well, Ramzan's already said this as well. Yeah, I think, we, I think we've, all, we've already alluded to who we think is going to win. Um, so I think Brazil is going to win. And yeah, I, I do agree with Ramzan. I think Brazil will win. And uh, yeah... It'll be beautiful. It'll be scenes. Next up, we have uh, biggest overachievers. Who do you guys think is going to be the, the team that overachieves the most? Um, I think that Uruguay... But I don't know if that's an overachiever. I don't know if that's an overachiever, though. Where would, you put, where would you put Uruguay? If you were to say Uruguay. How far do you think they'd go? Uruguay could go deep into this tournament. Um, One, they're South American, and I just, I I strongly believe the European teams are not ready for the South American teams, right? The South American and the African teams. Um, So that's number one. Um, And two, I just think that they they are a team that's, like, again, historically difficult to beat. I think think that Darwin also potentially has a good tournament. Um, together with the other strikers involved in and all those guys, so I think that Uruguay could go deep in this tournament. I then also think that Morocco, Morocco goes far first. First, they get out of their group because their group isn't easy to get out of. Um, and I also think that they could go far in this tournament. Nick, yeah. As far as the overachievers are concerned, I remember I had Senegal, but then Saudi Omani is injured, so yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's true. That's uh, that's a travesty as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, when it comes to these uh, these dark horse situations, it really does come down to who you think is a team that's kind of like shown a bit more potential than others. 
I remember Ramzan was talking about like uh, the fact that the European teams may not be ready for the South American teams. That could actually apply to the African teams as well, because I'm seeing that the heat in Qatar, despite the fact that they moved the World Cup into November for it to be colder or cooler, I don't know what they were going for. It seems to be really bad. And there's only one team, da 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 da, guess who it is, complaining about the heat because they sent a video about it. And guess what? It's England showing a video. <laughs> they showed a video of their players going through some sort of a water fan, which blew water into their faces because that's how hot it was. So does that mean that they'll lose against Iran in the opening game? Probably does mean that they'll lose against Iran in the opening game. Okay, maybe that'll be a bit too far. <laughs> but, okay, um, but, but to be fair, I think that it, it's... Um... Okay, one, the games will be at night, right? Are the games going to be at night? No, some of them will be in the afternoon. Yeah, okay, some of them will be in the afternoon. They'll be throughout the day. Okay, so scrap all that. So they, so they are going to have to go through the heat. Um, but I do think that it's, it's not just England that's, that's struggling with the heat. I saw Portugal played Nigeria. Um, I don't think they played in Qatar, but they played somewhere hot as well. And they, they won the game, but they, they all just looked very red, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether the European teams are going to manage the heat. Are they going to be water breaks? Do you know that? I think there will be water breaks. Okay. And Remember, I think the teams yeah. have five subs as well. Yeah, but 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 I think I think with the with the heat thing, like what Nick and I are saying, I think is extremely valid. I think that I think that the African teams and the South American teams, to to a degree, are more prepared for the heat than the European teams. I I I agree as well. I think as we'll see a we'll see different types of play because there's some teams that are very very aggressive in terms of their press. I don't think we'll see that as much just because people get so tired so quickly. Um, but for my biggest overachievers, even though Mane has been injured, I I still think Sane, I still think Senegal can uh, can go pretty far. Um, maybe not as far as they could have with um, Mane. But I, I feel like they are a good team. They have a good structure. They know how to play. And yeah. as we've alluded to, they can deal with the heat probably better than some of the other teams will be able to do. All right. Now, um, the opposite, biggest underachievers. Um, I'll, I'll start on this one. I think the biggest underachievers will be the USA. And while I know there might not be, to, to maybe the average fan, there might not be that much expectation around the USA, I think... A lot of people uh, have kind of hyped up the USA because of all the young talent that they have, all the all the kids that are coming up in these big European leagues and these big European teams playing all over the all over Europe, playing in Europe's best leagues. And you're thinking, oh, put them all in a team, they'll do really well. But I actually don't even think they're going to make it out of their group. They're in a group with Iran, Wales and England. I think England and Wales make it out. But I think the USA will fall short and will be going home early. Uh, Nick, who's your biggest underachiever? I'm going for the obvious one, and that is France. Because you just can't run away from fate. You can't run away from World Cup history. Everybody knows that the past three or four World Cup um, you know, winners or champions have crashed out of the group stage. Imagine, that is a crazy stat. Um, you wouldn't, you think... wouldn't put money on them, eh? I wouldn't put money on France. And just to hear that Nkunku got injured as well. And the fact that Benzema may have won the Ballon d'Or, yeah, but then he's not in necessarily in fine in form. Yeah. Um, you know, at the moment, mostly because he had, a, I think he had a bit of an injury. 
and um, you know that sort of thing. And the fact that they're going into this tournament, you know, quite bland as far as uh, the midfield's concerned. The midfield's still good if you're going to be putting Chuameni next to Kamavinga or whoever Chuameni is going to be partnering, since obviously Chuameni now has to basically develop way more than he needs to because now there's no Pogba and Conte. And um, I think they might not crash out early, like the group stages, but I think they just won't. They just won't reach the heights. I think they might get another round of sixteen knockout, because normally other World Cup champions would uh, only crash out because from the previous four year cycle, the manager tends to keep the experienced player, the experienced players for the next cycle of the World Cup, and that's why they usually crash out. France is actually coming in with a pretty young team. But then with the inexperience, might end up being a bit too much. So that's why I think, yeah, they'll be the biggest achievers. Interestingly, um, just for those listening, we are recording this on Saturday night. And I just got a notification that said Kareem Benzema is a major doubt for the World Cup after suffering an injury setback in training. So... Oh, no. Wow, like I think I think I think I'm jinxing just quite well. You, well. Might just, you might have just jinxed France and Benzema, but yeah, um, that was that's a bit interesting. Ramzan, you are your uh, biggest Sunday achievers. Oh man, I agree with Nick. I agree with Nick. Um, okay, okay, but those won't be my biggest Sunday achievers. But I do think that France. I actually think France probably finishes second in this group. I think that Denmark. I think that Denmark will beat France, and then they'll both beat everyone else. If you get what I mean. Um, yeah, and I think they finished. They finished second in the group, and I think that that will actually be kind of fun. Do you know what? I think Portugal is going to be the biggest underachiever. Getting out of Ghana, getting out of Ghana and Uruguay is not going to be is not going to be easy. Now, I don't have the biggest faith in Ghana. If this was Nigeria, I think it would be different. If it was. Um, if it was Ivory Coast, I think it would be different. Um, I, I think I've already expressed my slight disappointment in the lack of African teams in this tournament. I, I, I think that it could be way, way, way more. Um, but anyway, that's that's the format thing, and we just have to deal with that. Um, but I think that Portugal could crash out of this, eh? Now, I like Portugal. I, 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 like, I like the things that they do when they do them well. I just don't know if they always do do them well. And I think that they have one game or two games that don't go well, one game that they don't score. It is a major problem. So Ramzan, Ramzan, you, you, um, I don't know whether you heard, but Ghana is actually going into this World Cup. I think possibly as at least one of the lowest ranking teams in this tournament. Actually, yeah, and I'm... I don't know, I don't know, and just just a little like side, you know, sidetrack. I'm just realizing that you know the villain of Africa, Luis Suarez, is actually facing Ghana. There's a little bit of history there. Kind of a uh, kind of forgot about that narrative. Yeah, they're gonna kill but, uh, each other. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually just saying to myself that yeah, like literally that was that was when a football villain was born, and then they're gonna face each other. They might actually push each other on, but uh, Uruguay will be Uruguay will be a very difficult. They're you know they're not they're not very good you know good hosts when you're playing them. Uh, Ghana, I think though they'll, they'll they'll make themselves tough to beat, especially since they had so much uh, disappointment at Afcon, uh, not making out of the group. I think yeah. they'll be they'll be riled on to do well, and I hope they do well. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I just, yeah, pretty much. Sorry, I just think that you know it, it starts to become about personality. I like what you said there about the about them being quite low in the in the um, FIFA FIFA standings or FIFA rankings. 
Um, I look at their talent and, you know, it's a bunch of like, you know, B minus C players, basically, right? You got Inaki Williams. That that boy can yeah, hurt we people. We do have Inaki Williams and, and we've got Tariq Lamptey now. Um, and they've got a decent midfield. That's what I'm saying. So it's, you know, it's B, it's B, B, C players, basically. But when it comes to personality, again, we're talking about the, 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 um, the weather conditions. I don't know if Ghana's going to be easy to beat. I don't know if they're going to be easy to beat. So, yeah, um, I, think, I think Portugal, Portugal probably, um, or not probably, but I think that Portugal could be the biggest disappointment. And, you know, it, it, just for the record as well, um, we, it's not that we have forgotten all the other groups. You know, there's a ton of, there's a ton of groups and, uh, to comment on, but we, we just felt that it's better in this episode just to highlight some key things, um, and then we get to the other groups as the tournament goes on. Yeah. Yeah, th- thanks, thanks for that, Ramzan. But, um, yeah, uh, fair, fair enough. I think France and Portugal will are under uh, a lot of pressure themselves. We'll see how far they go in the end. Um, lastly, top scorer, golden boot winner. Who do you guys think is taking it? Nick? You know, Ramzan did mention Charleston, and I am somebody which kind of, I kind of support that, mostly because of the fact that he should be the sharpshooter for Brazil. I know some people will throw stats at me, saying that Neymar will probably score more just because he scored more like um, in general for Brazil over the past like maybe 10 to 20 games. But Charleston has been good form for them. But then he is coming off the back of an injury. By the way, a lot of players have actually really like played with uh, have really played with their bodies in terms of like pushing to be available for this World Cup. Some people are, are not convincing me, or at least they're not fooling me, that they'll be fit for the first game. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I think yeah, Richarlison's a good shout. Uh, but then I think I'll go for I'll go for Lautaro Martinez because I think if Argentina really having a good World Cup, then I do think that you know with with Messi's support, Lautaro Martinez can have a very good tournament. So I'll go for him. Ramzan. Yeah, I'll I'll stick to Richarlison. I I think that he's like Nicholas said in good form for Brazil. I think he will play every game basically. Um, a very strong player. Um, good in the a, a decent finish. I used to, I used to actually not really like his finishing ability, but the, he, see, you know, he seems to be good at it. And there's the, you know, the biggest thing with with these tournaments is top goal scorer usually goes to the player who goes the furthest. And if I think Brazil will go the furthest, I think that Richardson is going to be a big part of that. Um, not the oh, maybe yeah. the other shout I would give. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was about to go like you know. Sometimes you start reach semi-finals. I remember Harry Kane yeah, won yeah. the Golden yeah, that's true semi-finals i can see mbappe winning the golden boot even though like he could literally just score five goals and usually five goals is enough um, yeah, in the world yeah. cup yeah so it's like you just score five goals in like three or four games get knocked out before the quarters and then yeah, i still win it but yeah 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 okay so so yeah there, there is obviously that uh the, um apart from Mbappe, yeah, Mbappe is actually a really good shot eh? apart from Mbappe, the other player that i would consider maybe is thomas muller if he plays up front um I can't give it up. He's not, he's not gonna play up front. He's not gonna play up front, you know, Nick. Actually, I actually I actually agree with Ramzan there. A few oh like um I think the last time we recorded the episode, an episode, 
Um, Ramzan said that he should ju- he should just stick Muller up front because he's so close to breaking the World Cup record. And now Werner's not gone to the World Cup, and so exactly. it probably will be a four-two-three-one with Muller playing up top and Musiala right behind him. They'll probably be interchanging, but I do see Muller playing as as a, a makeshift kind of number nine for a lot of the tournament. So yeah, that is a good shout. I I, I agree with the Muller one. It's an out-of-the-box shot at the very least. I mean, it's one of those things that if I get it right, you all think I'm a genius. And if I get it wrong, you're not going to remember. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're pushing. You're becoming a bit of a nostalgia merchant, Ramzan. Okay, but it's, it's cool. All right. But um, yeah, I guess that is it from us for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to be here all World Cup long and we're going to be producing loads of content, not just on the podcast, but on Twitter and TikTok as well. So make sure to follow us there. Our TikTok is the B2B and our Twitter is the Box to Box. Give us a follow. You'll, you'll enjoy the content. It will be loads of fun. Yeah. See you next time. World Cup. Oh.